What's up, everyone, and welcome to your destination for the biggest geek news and reactions in movies, TV, comics, and gaming. This week, let's talk TMNT Extravaganza Part 2. This time, we do a full deep dive into both Michael Bay Turtles movies, and as a bonus, we give our reactions and thoughts on the recently finished Last Ronin comic from Turtle creators Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. Like always, I'm Chris. And I'm Don. And welcome to Raise the Geek. Let's go... And we are back. Welcome, everyone, to the Scroll Up 56th episode of Raise the Geek. I'm Chris, and as always, I'm here with my buddy Don. How are we doing, man? Chris, what is up today, my friend? I am doing all right. Everything is okay. Episode 56. Crazy. It's a, lot, a lot of episodes, so having fun every single time. This is a blast. Let's do it. I'm good today, though. How are you? <laughs> I'm Good. A little tired. Getting ready for a work trip this week. Going to Cleveland. Going to visit the Cleve. So we'll see how that's going to work out. You know what they say, Cleveland rocks. So you should be okay. Yep. I don't know. I don't think I've ever. I don't think I've ever been except for maybe just like a pass through, like driving driving south, like yeah. pass through Cleveland. But I don't think I've ever stopped in the actual city. So. I don't know, man. I don't know what you're in for. All our people out there listening, uh, if you're from Cleveland, let Chris know what uh, what to do out there. What should he What should he be looking for? What's fun to do in Cleveland? We don't what? know. Well, yeah, I don't. I know we're going to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, so that should be cool. Oh, nice. I think just check out some other stuff. Hopefully, eat some good Cleveland food. I don't know what Cleveland's known for for food. So yeah, what what is Cleveland food anyway? I don't know corn i don't know why i assume it's just corn because i'm gonna ask like a, all the people at the hotel what's cleveland food and i'll be able to report back next week what cleveland food is there you go all right and maybe so we'll run let into you let you all know by the, time, the next episode somebody if nobody lets us know through our normal channels then we will uh i'll come back with some kind of answers see what cleveland there you are um, nice nice Outside of that, man, just keeping busy. A lot of lot of crazy stuff. We finally watched a bunch of more Turtles movies. We've been waiting forever to get to this extravaganza part two. What what did we say before? The first part one was what episode twenty five. Yeah. So if this is fifty six, we're going back. You know, more quite than halfway. Weeks. Yeah, quite a few weeks. Um, if you didn't hear our first Turtles episode, we did a full episode talking about um, the nineties movies. Mm -hmm. The original Ninja Turtles, Part Two, Secret of the U's, and then Turtles in Time. I think that's what the third one was called. If it wasn't, it was something like that. I think it was just Turtles, Turtles Three. Turtles Three should have been called Turtles in Time. Should have been. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we had a lot of fun talking about those movies. A big nostalgic uh, trip down memory lane there, and us being as big of fans of the franchise as we are, from the cartoons to the toys and the video games of our youth. So we said, why not hell? Why not just complete this and, and talk about these Michael Bay movies that happened later in our lives, 2014 and 2016. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to be a completionist, we just have to talk about everything Turtles related. So here we are. We did it somehow. And it shows how long we've been waiting. Episode 25 to 56. Because we've been waiting to do this episode because we've been waiting for the last Ronin to finish. The current run comic that was uh, a... Mm -hmm event comic that came out from the original turtle creators which we're going to dive into here in a few moments kevin eastman and peter laird who kind of was an old story that they had 
that they always mm-hmm. wanted to tell that they were able to, I don't know how, how much they were involved in the creation of this actual comic versus story credit, but it's an yeah. old story that they wanted to tell, which we were really enjoying, but there were so many delays in getting us this fifth and final issue. It's kind of been crazy of a wait. And we've been waiting and waiting to talk about these Michael Bay turtles movies. Cause we got so much to say about those. So make sure you stick around for all of that. <laughs> most definitely it's gonna be a trip man it's gonna be a fun i don't know what you're gonna say about these movies i don't think either of us know what we're gonna say about these movies to each other so it's gonna be fun i don't think we do either the only thing i know about don right now is he as we've said many times he hates paramount plus Ugh, because he God. couldn't stream these movies on paramount plus and had to watch them on fubo with commercials <laughs> fubo with commercials the first one anyway the second one is there on amazon prime okay so that's how i watched the second one the first one you have to pay for is like i ain't paying for this i gotta figure out a workaround uh so they did did happen uh the first one is on paramount plus and i'm admitting to being a criminal right now but i'm using your um password for paramount plus because <laughs> uh, that's how we watch the halo what which we talked about a few episodes back, uh, which I've never watched anything beyond the first episode, but that's a story for another time. But uh, yeah, man, for some reason, I don't know why if it's just in my house or whatever, but Paramount Plus is unwatchable from like streaming wise. It freezes and the little loading wheel just every five seconds. I just wanted to um, throw my foot through the TV, but I'm not going to take it out of my TV. It's not my TV's fault that Paramount Plus is a jerk. So I couldn't do that. So yeah, I had to find it on Fubo TV, another app I steal from my my mother. (laughs) (laughs) I use her password for that. No, I use I use her password just to watch Cubs games. Um, But yeah, it was on there. So I I watched the first one with commercials just but you know, you got to do what you got to do. So I made it through. Now, do they do the same commercials every time? I think they might have been different. I don't know. I wasn't paying too close attention when the commercials hit. I do know that they were long. It was like when the first first commercial break came up, it was like one out of eight. Oh. I was like, oh, God, <laughs> I, I got to <laughs> sit through this. I got to sit through eight commercials to get back to this stupid movie. Um, but yeah, that, it was, that's way too long. I know sometimes like on Hulu or YouTube or something, you'll you'll get commercials, but it'll be the same like two commercials every time. So yeah. it's like, oh, we got a break and you got to watch the same fabric softener commercial and the same insurance commercial right. every single time. So by the end of this movie, you're like, oh, my God, I do not want to use this product. <laughs> right. Out of you spite, made... I will not buy this fabric softener. Like your plan backfired. Now I never want to use what you're shilling at me. And I will actively go out of my way to tell people not to use your product <laughs> because you made me watch seven of your exact same commercials throughout the course of my movie. They pissed me off. I'm never going to use it. Never going to use it. Uh, But make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing, liking, and following this podcast, Raised a Geek, on all podcasts and social media services. We're over on Twitter, so you can join the conversation at Raised a Geek, or you can shoot us an email at raisedageek at gmail.com. Make sure you leave your name and where you're writing in from or talking from so we can share the love. Um, as so many of you have through Twitter, so we've also, you're not the only person who's had Paramount Plus issues. We've heard some, a lot of comments through um, from when we did the Halo episode. A lot of people came through on Twitter saying, yeah, Paramount Plus sucks as an app. It does. Yeah, I was Definitely able does. to watch those both Turtles movies on it, but I still don't like the app. Nah, I, I, I don't see myself um, using it much beyond this so oh, halo's done now i don't know how much longer i'm gonna have it i'll let you know before i cancel it yeah let me know i don't think it's gonna <laughs> be alive much longer in my halo was so bad 
I did watch it all. There's our review of Halo, everybody. We're not doing a Halo episode. Chris just said it. Halo is so bad, period. It was so bad. I <laughs> no, no need for a Halo. I have zero interest in coming back for season two. If you're a fan, yeah. if you're a fan of Halo, there mm-hmm. is they basically did their best to alienate every fan. Like they had a built-in audience of millions of people who were pumped for a Halo TV show, and they spent their time with those eight or nine episodes, whatever it was, alienating all of them to the point that none of them are going to come back. Like I've never seen anything like that before where you're, you're willing to burn your built-in audience that bad. Like it just, and it wasn't even quality. It just, it was not, it wasn't good to begin with. And then it wasn't a good halo show. So. Yeah. I saw some headline about one of the episodes where it was like, master chief loses his virginity. I was like, Oh my God, I'm so glad I didn't watch this show. Yeah uh that yeah, sounds, that dude never that put on his bad. mask he'd put on his helmet and look like master chief jump in a jeep fly he would drive somewhere and then when he'd get out of the jeep he would take his helmet off and he was just you're like dude you wore that he probably wore that helmet for maybe five minutes across the whole season ouch that's, yeah, that's just not what you want like it just fail fail with a capital f it really was i'd be curious to see what kind of changes they would make when it came time but Maybe next season will be different. But anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. We have some uh, public service announcements about a lot of news that dropped this week. So we're going to rush through this so we can get to the turtles. But it's stuff that we think that you're going to want to know and dates that you're going to want to remember. The first thing we've talked about Stranger Things season four starting up here in June. But then they're also doing a part two of season four, which I think is in July. um, Because they're splitting the season and the finale of the season four for Netflix, Stranger Things will be two and a half hours long. Two and a half hours long. Yeah. For a Stranger Things finale. Don, I, I don't think I could do it. I don't think that's I could. rough. That's too much. That's rough, man. Like, I, I think that season is already going to be like 17 episodes or something stupid. And then the finale is two and a half hours long. Well, I think I saw something. I could be wrong about this, but I saw that the first half is like seven. Mm-hmm. And they're taking a break and then when they come back it's only for the final two okay so it might only be nine episodes but the point that you're making is still yes the finale the series finale not series the seat because there is one more season after. yeah they're doing se- five seasons so it's not right. even the series finale so this isn't even the series finale so the season finale is two and a half hours that's long movie length like that's longer than dr strange in the multiverse of madness which we just watched that was two you have an episode of television that's two and a half hours that's unheard of i don't i don't know why just make it just make it two episodes then like because guess what i'm gonna make it two episodes like i'm gonna split it up i'm, I'm gonna watch about an hour of it like that's enough i'll come back for the second because I, I don't think i can i don't know just the the principle of it it's the principle that i don't want to be like sitting down to watch a two and a half hour episode of television that just goes against my sensibilities i just i just can't do it um tv episodes are 45 minutes that's what i'm saying like that's what it needs to be um if you have that much story to tell make it two episodes make it three episodes don't i don't know it's 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 strange it was very it's very strange. Stranger things. It's stranger than most things. <laughs> <laughs> I can't uh, top that show's over. <laughs> but just, you know, heads up when you when we get to that point in time, I'm sure we'll have more Stranger Things talk as the show gets closer to its release. But also announced this week was Daredevil is getting a Disney Plus show in development mm-hmm. from the creators of Covert 
operations or covert affairs. Wasn't that a USA show? Yeah, something like that. I, I forgot the name of it. Covert Affairs. I think it's. Affairs, I, I think right? you're right. Covert Affairs. Um, never, they're doing Daredevil, which maybe might be season four, but Daredevil. Mm-hmm. So everyone's assuming that Charlie Cox will be back as the title character and hopefully maybe Kingpin will be in it. But no one obviously knows anything about the show yet. But Daredevil is coming back. Yeah, some news we kind of were hoping for and waiting for. Um and I saw a statement saying it's like a quote new but continued story, so that just makes you assume that the cast should be returning. You would think, yeah, at least Charlie Cox and probably Vincent D'Onofrio, if not everyone else. Like, you know, the guy who played Foggy and 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 kind of the supporting cast. We'll have yeah. to see on that. But this is interesting news we kind of thought this might happen after seeing matt murdoch and spider-man no way home and then seeing kingpin and hawkeye you kind of thought this was the next step logically but it'll be interesting to see what happens because this is now a disney plus show it's no longer a netflix show so there should probably be a tonal shift i would expect whether that's going to be good or bad or just you know neutral we'll have to see Because as we all know, the Disney Plus shows do not go as hard as the Netflix shows did. They had a lot more leeway with the violence and the language and the tone and the dark, dark stuff. So I wouldn't be expecting like a Netflix style Daredevil show. It's probably going to be a little different, but I am open to it because I like the character so much. And I do want to see him kind of in the core MCU. So, um, yeah, I got some fun expectations for that. Yeah, that should be fun. Um, I think I would have been more excited about if Moon Knight would have turned out. They, I don't know, had these expectations in our head planted from them that Moon Knight was going to be like next level and you haven't seen like darker and a lot grittier and it really wasn't. It was still pretty MCU. It had moments, it had some blood and stuff, but you didn't actually see anything. I mean, I guess it was a little bit more violent, but I don't know. We just got done with Dr. Not even, not even really. Not even I didn't really. think it was either, no. so... Um, everyone's freaking out about Dr. Strange being R. I didn't hear anybody freaking out about Moon Knight and that how that should have been rated differently or that how dare they release that movie for kids or that show. Especially, so yeah. I see him getting especially darker. before especially before Moon Knight, Moon Knight came out, there was like Kevin Feige, if you remember statements about that show being like, you know, there's points in the show where Moon Knight's going to be pummeling someone and not pulling back. And we're going to, and naturally you think we'd be like, we should pull this back and no, we're not going to do it. This is a different tone. And then you watch that whole show and you're just like, Oh, he was lying. Like, yeah. That didn't, that didn't happen. He just said that yeah. to kind of get people's hopes of that never happened. Like I, that's what planted the seeds in my head. Like we're not yeah. making it up that we thought it was going to be a daredevil style, you know, gritty dark show like that. And it totally was not. So we'll see what, what this new iteration of daredevil does. I don't know. Yeah. I, who knows? Yeah. Who knows what they'll do, but once again, I like Charlie Cox. I liked, uh, the, I liked the Netflix shows for daredevil and I'm excited to see more. Definitely. Uh, next per public service announcement, Thor four trailer is set to be released Monday. Well, I guess it'll already be out by the time you guys read this. So maybe <laughs> yeah, we didn't think about what that. we're talking about. <laughs> it'll be out. It'll be out by the time you hear this, but we're talking about it now. We're talking about it now. So Monday during game four of the NBA Eastern conference finals between Boston Celtics and Miami heat is getting the Thor four trailer. So just heads up. <laughs> by the time, what like, you think. <laughs> like, like you said, it'll be out by the time you hear this. Um, so you got a well, new Thor. Hey, you guys got a new Thor four trailer. How excited! Definitely, 
I guess we'll probably get more in depth with this on our next episode. I don't know, but what do you think is going to, do you think you're going to see anything different or are you going to watch it? I know you're a guy who. I, I will watch it because I want to see it, which is the best reason to watch something, but I, uh, I want that story. I want the story trailer. Like I said, we got this first trailer and it gave us some jokes and gave us some glimpses of things, but I want to, I need a story trailer. I probably wouldn't watch a trailer after this, um, but I need to watch this just to get an idea of what the story is that they're going to tell. I could probably get away without watching it if I really wanted to, but this is one that I'm excited to see, but I've been excited to see a lot of them and they haven't really panned out. So the track record is starting to get a little rocky. Yeah, that first little teaser we got was kind of just the way they kind of always do it, just dipping your toe in a little bit, giving you a little bit, but uh, more of a full proper trailer. I'd appreciate too, I think. Um, My biggest thing is, are they going to show Gore, the God Butcher, played by Christian Bale, which we didn't see in the teaser? That'll be interesting. I'm very interested to see what he looks like and what his kind of role in this film is going to be. I mean, there was quotes from Taika Waititi saying this is Christian Bale's going to be the best. He's like, I've, I'm telling you right now, Christian Bale's the best villain the MCU's ever had. You can take that with a grain of salt because that's coming from the director. So, like, of course, he's going to hype up his own movie. Right. But I'd love, I'd love to believe that. And if it's true, I'd love it to see it. I like Christian Bale a lot and just want to see kind of what he brings to this. Um, So, yeah, man, I'm excited for that well there is an international trailer that you can watch right now that's very similar to the one that already released but there is a clip at the end that shows christian bale coming out of like some kind of gravel and you could see his face for a second hmm interesting i didn't it just looked like christian bale so i don't know what he's supposed to look like if he starts as one thing and turns into something else or i don't i don't know the story of gore the butcher or what he's even really supposed to look like so I don't know. It just looked like Christian Bale to me, but it was only in his face. Like you couldn't see anything else on him. Images of him have already leaked as like toys. Toys seem to be the one that always leaked the way these guys look before they show them. But you can still tell it's Christian Bale, but he's is definitely wearing some makeup and uh, like Gore the God Butcher is like a white looking alien, weird God creature. They managed to keep, I think, I think they're going to manage to keep Christian Bale's likeness you know, visible yeah. in this, but we'll see. I'm, I'm excited to see it. The trailer. We did get this week that we could talk about because everybody watches. We did get finally a trailer for she Hulk, which is set to drop on Disney plus August 17th. So we mm-hmm. did get a, our first glimpse at she Hulk, including uh, Tatiana Maslany's uh, full on CGI mm-hmm. appearance, which has been getting some uh, negative reactions on the old. Been getting, that, been getting that internet hate. You know, the internet loves to hate, 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 hate everything. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, She-Hulk, I'm, I've been excited for this one um, a lot. This was the one that was like kind of described as a sitcom, like a Marvel sitcom. Yeah. Uh, like you saw the words bouncing around like it's an MCU Ally McBeal. And as weird as that sounds, I was like, if they could pull it off, that could be a, you know, a win just to be something different. Uh, I like that. I think they're half hour episodes instead of an hour. So just like a n- nice little slice of a show, not so long and drawn out. Yeah. But um, yeah, man, the, the hate for the CGI, I, I didn't see it. I didn't see anything super wrong with it. You know, I don't I don't know what people really want. People just love to complain, I guess. And they're and this is just a trailer. They can still touch it up before oh, yeah. the show comes out. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
I saw some people complaining that like, well, She-Hulk is too like thin and frail. She needs to be big like the Hulk. Like, no, she doesn't. Like, read a comic book. She's not, she doesn't, she's not that way. That's how she looks. Like, she got her powers from a blood transfusion from Hulk. She doesn't have the full gamma radiation, huge Hulk powers that he does. It's just a smaller dose of it. So that's why she looks that way. Um, I don't know. The show looks funny. It looks like it, it could, you know, be pretty humorous i don't know i'm excited about it and the other thing about her appearance that you know whether they go this way that comes from the comics that a lot of people don't know too is that the bigger she gets the more she works out in her human form the bigger she gets as the hulk so it's like she's just starting if this is just happening and she's just learning to use her powers and she's not going to be that much bigger hulked out than she would be but if they continue she continues going, she's going to get bigger and bigger over time. So she does. And there are versions in the comics where she's just as beefed out as the Hulk. So it just depends on the story they want to tell her how they want to do it. I think the problem comes around is you have a lot of people who aren't familiar with She-Hulk as a character in general and know that she's been created by Stan Lee since the eighties, you know, back in, you know, forever. Mm -hmm. And you just have a lot of talk and chatter about it just being woke or it just being like hey they're just through she in front of hulk and you're like yeah it's kind of a stupid name and i'm sure they'll have some kind of comment about it. it's the same thing with lady thor like lady thor yeah that's not the best name in the world for trying to be pro-female but but even then they call her lady thor but even her name really is the mighty thor so it's like yeah. that that whole argument goes away um yeah. but yeah she hulk's been an existing character in comic books so anybody saying that it's just kind of like gender swapping or whatever, making a big deal about that. You know, their opinion is invalid because obviously they haven't read any comic books because this character is a long, long standing character. And And I think they're going to do right by the character and do that. I'm like I said, I thought this would be, I always thought the idea of a comedy lawyer show, the premise of this always appealed to me. So I'm down. I like the people involved. So I'm down to give it a shot. That makes two of us. But Don, Let's talk about some turtles, turtles extravaganza. That's what we are here to talk about. But before we do, we want to let you know that this episode of Raise the Geek is sponsored by Anchor.fm. It's time to talk about some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We're finishing up our extravaganza. This is part two of we first talked about the 90s trilogy, as we talked about in the beginning. Now we are going to talk about the first we're going to start with the newest comic that just finished um, called the last Ronin. We just got episode or issue five. Um, and as I said earlier in the intro, it is from uh, the uh, story from the original creators, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird talking about a the, basically the last Ronin. So the basic premise for this is it's a future NYC far different than the one we know today. A lone surviving turtle goes on a seemingly hopeless mission to obtain justice for his fallen family and friends. Now that synopsis just hooked me from the start. Um, just from mm-hmm. that idea of all of the turtles being dead, except for one, no one knows who the surviving one is. And he's going on a, st- just a mission of just a suicide mission of vengeance and revenge. And I mean, how can that not be awesome? yeah most definitely um ninja turtles comics we've talked about this before are a corner of the ninja turtles world that i always wanted to get into more you know just never found my way to them as much like we said it was a big part of our childhood with the cartoons and the toys and the video games and everything but the comics is something i always kind of wanted to read yeah and they they kind of had a revitalization um 
some years back with IDW comics and people were, you know, you hear people talking and read what people are saying. Like these comics are great. Mm-hmm. Um, I have like the first two hardcover volumes upstairs in with all my other books that I've just been meaning to get to and haven't yet because I get so far behind on single issues. So, you know, it's, right. it's on my to-do list of things to do, but um, yeah. So the first time I saw the cover image of um, the last Ronin one, it's basically, it's just, you know, what you'd imagine the last turtle looking like with their back turned and he's wearing all the weapons of all four. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's got, he's got Donatello's bow staff, Leonardo's katanas, Raphael's size and Michelangelo's nunchucks all on his back. And it's just like, how could this not be great? This looks fantastic. Um, so yeah, I've been invested in this book. It, it premiered in what? October of 2020. So this started a long time ago. It's kind of fallen into the trap of production delays, which you can kind of just expect with the two original uh, creators being involved. I mean, I Mm -hmm. I just figured they were going to take their time with this and they definitely did because this fifth issue didn't come out till um, last month. So, you know, a year and a half to finish five issues. They are double issues. So it's like each one is like reading two comic books. Yeah, it's a beast. It is a beast, but man, um, just opinions on the book itself. I really liked it a lot. Um, it was an interesting story, an interesting idea. I like that uh, Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman kind of had this idea long, long ago, and it just took them up until now to get the story out and finally yep. tell it. Um, I think Kevin Eastman did a lot of the layouts, and, and you can tell during some of the flashback scenes, that's like his drawings, his original drawings. Oh, yeah. So during the flashbacks, when you can tell that's like the OG of the original turtle artist drawing those in this book, it's just like, this is great. This is awesome. You know, just the simplistic, like back when Ninja Turtles started, it was a indie underground comic. You know, it's not Marvel, it's not DC. And you can just tell the grittiness and like, I don't know, undergroundness of it. And it's just mixed in with this book is so cool to me. Um, Yeah, you could see it drawn on like notebook paper. Yeah, definitely. Had that style. Um, that's my initial thoughts without going spoilery because we are going to have to give a spoiler warning before talking about this book in depth because, you know, if you haven't read it and you want to, there's some things we're going to talk about that you might not want to know. But before we do that, your thoughts on this book generally? Generally, I really enjoyed it. Um, like you, for all the reasons that you said, I mean, the premise alone, how can you not? Um, the idea is just really cool. It steeps in that Japanese culture, which is really cool. Uh, my only thing was there was, I felt like it was like a turtle history that I was unaware of from not reading comics. Like I've seen, I've read the turtles. Like I've read a lot of the Ninja Turtles, like when they cross over with Batman, I want to say I've even read like Ninja Turtles, just a predator or something stupid, <laughs> but um, you know, so I've read some, I've watched some of the movies. I mean, the Ninja Turtles and versus Batman cartoon movie is awesome. Um, watching Batman fight Shredder fist to fist is just amazing. But um, <laughs> that's a child, that's a childhood wet dream come true. A little bit, a little bit. But there was, <laughs> <laughs> but there was a, you know, it's just so there were moments where I was just like, I feel like I'm missing something. Like I, I feel like if you're a long term, long time like Turtles comic book reader, especially from probably back in the day when Eastman and Laird would do it there's probably a lot more in here for you. And there's probably so much more that you would probably enjoy that went possibly went over my head or callbacks or different things that I didn't get, but I still, there's still more than enough there for me to enjoy. And I mean, you can't go wrong. 
No, I'm I'm with you on that. Since you mentioned it, I agree. There's a lot of like um, legacy and family talking here, like clans dating going back to Japan and like, you know, Shredder's side and they, they have names to like the Akinoro clan or whatever and, and, and stuff that we just wouldn't know not reading the books because we yeah. don't much. And then certain characters, they're talking about someone named Professor Honeycutt and he's like important to the lore of the turtles. Like, I didn't know who that was either. Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of, I agree with you, a little bit of a drawback. It, th- these are probably more fulfilling to somebody who knows all that lore from the comics. Um, but I, as I'm reading it, I'm just kind of like, okay, that's someone I don't know. I'm just going to go with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It didn't take away. It didn't take away anything too much. It's just, it made me wish I was more invested. I could have been sure. a lot more invested in it, but I definitely, I, mean, I couldn't go wrong with it. I don't regret sticking with it for the last year and a half yeah me either me either so i guess if we're gonna go further we definitely gotta put that out there again spoiler warning for those who don't want to know because the big secret here which you can tell from before you even start is you want to know who the last ronin is the last the ronin i guess in japanese samurai ninja culture is someone who's they say in this book is like masterless like the last of their clan Mm -hmm. so um him being the last turtle and you not being able to tell because they're not wearing, he's not wearing a signature. If you like the Ninja Turtles, you know, everyone has, they all have their signature bandana color. Mm-hmm. Um, but the last Ronin throughout this entire book is wearing a black um, bandana. So you never know who it is, not until the end of the first issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you're kind of guessing the entire first issue, like who, who is this? Like you can't tell from the way that he's talking because this last Ronin, you know, he's all business it's not like the turtle it's not like the turtles we're used to where they're cracking jokes or making fun of each other like playing off each other dialogue wise it's basically just this one turtle talking to his three dead brothers basically that he hears in his head the entire time Mm -hmm. um and it could be any of them Uh, so spoilers again spoilers spoilers it turns out to be michelangelo is the last ronin um which um, i mean was pretty obvious well, explain. How do you, why, why it do you just, think it was obvious? It, it, to me, it was obvious from just a story standpoint. Like if you're going to, if you're going to kill all the turtles and you're going to have one remain, you're going to have the one remain that was the most lighthearted, the one that you, that told crack the most jokes, the one that was the, you wouldn't expect. And Michelangelo is the one you wouldn't expect. I mean, if it was Raphael, you'd be like, oh yeah, Raphael, of course Ralph would do that. Well, because Raph is always the hard ass anyway. So So, that would have been easy. Yeah, so it makes sense. So, I mean, it could have obviously been any of them, but Michelangelo is the shock one at the end. Any of the other ones, you wouldn't have had that that feeling. You wouldn't Mm. wouldn't have felt anything at the end. If if it would have turned out to be Leonardo, you would have been like, oh, you know, and you'd feel for him for being like the leader and having those things, but you wouldn't have the same emotion that you'd have for Michelangelo, who's, you know him as one character, and now you're seeing a completely different version of him. This would have been a this was a complete character jump for Michelangelo, but it wouldn't have been as big of a jump for any of the other three. Yeah, I can agree with that. Mostly. I thought that if it was Roth, I knew it couldn't be, I think Roth would have been the too obvious, too obvious Leonardo for the reasons you just said, he's the leader that still would have been like a little more too obvious. So in my mind, it was like Donatello or Michelangelo Donatello. I could have seen making sense too, because he's always the one who's, like the least he seems like the least aggressive 
Yeah. You know what I mean? So as I'm reading issue one, I'm like, oh, he's battle hardened now. This could be Donatello. Like he's finally had enough and now he's the hard ass because, you know, uh, but the same way works for yeah the same the same logic works for michelangelo because you know seeing the ninja turtles in any media he's always been the one who is just the most goofy and they were all born at the same time but we always looked at michelangelo as like the little brother because mm-hmm. he's the one cracking the jokes and and just not being serious so him being able to take the turn and be this you know now serious battle-hardened the Dark Knight Returns version of Ninja Turtles um, was fun. So I loved that reveal on the end of the first oh, issue. hundred percent. It still was a, it didn't take anything away from the reveal. I just, that was where my mind went. I was like, it's gotta be. And Donatello would have made sense too. And I think it would have still hit. And the way that they told it, I probably would have felt something for any of them. But like yeah. you said, Michelangelo, you just don't picture him that way the most. No, so I definitely was, I'm I'm with you, man. Uh, we both agree there. So that was a fun reveal. And basically throughout this entire series, it's just him um, trying to get revenge for his brother's deaths. We have a lot of flashback, flashback pages in here. And it kind of tells us how the three other turtles and Splinter and how April, um, and April's Jones. alive. Yeah. Casey Jones, how they all kind of met their demise. April is alive. Um though she's been battle maimed and, and, you know, lost her arm and leg and has robotic arms and legs in this dystopian future, Mm -hmm. uh, lost her husband, Casey Jones. So she's just as kind of tore up about things as Michelangelo is. Uh, It's just kind of a revenge book, man. Like Michelangelo's decided that he has to get revenge for his mission, finish the mission and going after uh, it was shredders grandson. Yeah, Shredder's grandson and his mom then was Shredder's daughter, I think, uh, is kind of how it works out. But yeah, the, the Foot Clan has kind of taken over New York and and Michelangelo said F that and just wants to take them out, um, tries to take them on head on. That doesn't work in the fist, first issue. And throughout the rest of the book, it's just him uh, meeting up with April and April and Casey Jones's daughter, whose name is Casey Marie Jones, mm-hmm. who, who turns out to have a little bit of mutant in her too, um, from years of exposure that her parents had to the turtles that kind of got passed along to her. So he teams up with her and he becomes the sensei. It's kind of like full circle. Michelangelo <laughs> is now the old hardened, um, teacher of a new student to the ninja ways and they have a band of kind of uh, freedom fighters who, yep. who want to take take down the Shredder's grandson. <laughs> that's that's the book in a nutshell. Pretty much, I yeah. <clears throat> I liked it a lot. No, really. I mean, absolutely. It's just there was there was really not much to not like about it mm-hmm. that I didn't already say. Um, I thought the art was great. I enjoyed the flashbacks to see what happened. I'm glad we we dove into all of the turtles and how they met their demise. I believe because Donatello was in Japan. He met his demise with Splinter. Yeah, him, him and Splinter went down together in Japan, uh, trying to parlay with the Foot Clan that didn't work out. <clears throat> Raphael was the first one to go because, you know, he's a hothead. So he just went in guns blazing by himself and ended up, you know, kind of getting killed, but taking down um, Shredder's daughter at the same time. <clears throat> And uh, Leonardo and Casey Jones went down together trying to protect New York and got caught in an explosion. So, yeah, everybody, everybody kind of just went down except Mikey. Yep. So, I mean, like I said, it was a good read. Now, now 
it looked like i mean at the end it says to be continued so it did what are they what are they doing there man well this book ends with you know of course the heroes have to win but mike michelangelo did sacrifice himself at the end like he goes down taking down um the shredder's grandson at the end but he also loses his life while also honoring his family but um april and casey's daughter kind of is carrying on the legacy and and continuing her training and it shows her um with four new baby turtles that you have to assume she's going to try to make the next generation of ninja turtles with and it does say to be continued i thought this was the end i thought i was going to say the end or concluded but who knows maybe we'll get a a, another telling of this story in the future um yeah because the if at the end of issue four it said to be concluded so i'm like sweet and then now right. I get to this one and I'm like, oh, to be continued? Like, wait, is there <laughs> so a maybe, sixth one coming? Maybe in another two years or so, we'll get like the last Ronin, a new tale, like just based in the same universe. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> these five issues do to me just complete this story. So uh, it's a good read. I don't know if, if you guys are out there are interested in anything like this. If you like Ninja Turtles and um, mixed in with a dystopian apocalyptic t- style future and um if you're a fan of Frank Miller's Batman, the Dark Knight books, this is kind of right up your alley, I'd say. Uh, it's kind of like a nice little mixture of all those kind of things. The art is great, too. I like it. It felt like kind of retro and old, like Peter Laird, Kevin Eastman style mixed with new. Yeah. Um, so it's a lot of fun, a, a real, you know, a real beautiful book to look at. Um the price tag is up there on each issue. They're like $8.99 per issue. Uh, but, you know, you get a lot of content for that $9. So if this is collected in a hardcover edition, I'd highly suggest any Turtles fans picking it up. Um, yeah, it'd be a good, if yeah. they do it right, it could be really nice. Definitely. It's a lot of fun. So is this going to make you want to read those Turtles books you got up there? Are you feeling? Well, I mean, I got them sitting up there. I got to read them sometime. <laughs> if I can ever get through my single issues, I'm, you know, it's been planned that. I have so many trades that I haven't gotten to. I don't even want to get into the list, but uh, yeah, dude, it's right up there. I, Cause like I said, I, I want to be a fan of TMNT comics more. Um, yeah. It so. looks like they got a lot of cool stuff coming out. Armageddon and a lot of d- different arcs and stuff. I was debating if I wanted to dive into. Yeah. Um, just, I guess urban legends volume one and two came out, which I'm not sure, which is that the one you have? Um, whatever I have is just like the hardcover when it started with IDW, like volume one. I have volume one and volume two. Hey, this uh, no, this is the uh Frank Fosco one. Hey, we know that guy's son. Hey, we went to, <laughs> we went to school with him, went to high school with uh the artists of the Ninja Turtles comics back in the days. And he kept telling us, My dad draws Ninja Turtle comics. We're like, You're full of it, dude. I still remember when I went to that kid's house one day because we were on we played baseball together. I went over to his house to play like Charles Barkley, shut up and jam or something on SNES. And like, I looked over in this one corner and I saw, I still remember seeing like the easel where his dad would draw the comic books. And like, I walked over there and there's like all these pictures of Ninja Turtles that he was drawing. And I was like, cool. But like, didn't appreciate it then. But now I think about, I was like, that guy was professionally drawing Ninja Turtles comics. And I was just in his house. Yeah. And Uh, if you would have never seen that to tell me about, I would have never believed that kid. (laughs) I would have thought he just looked on the cover, realized the artist had his same last name and he just was selling it. 
I like how I used to tell people Eddie Murphy was my uncle, just being a little liar shithead. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's a, anyway. that's a random side quest story there. All right, man, let's get into some Turtles movies. Definitely. Michael Bay did relaunch the Turtles in 2014 with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with partnership with uh, Paramount and Nickelodeon, since Nickelodeon owns all the rights for, I think, TV and obviously movies turtles they um, do now yeah yeah i think they got sold the characters got sold to nickelodeon um, i don't think they they're not tied in with the comics though right it's just no 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 nickelodeon i think just is like the even this says nickelodeon rates. so Nic- nickelodeon's huh? right on the cover so okay nickelodeon is is they own the ninja turtles they're making they're making their money good for them so we got another live action movie it was the first in i mean since the a decade or a, more more i mean turtles three they did mm. one animated movie which i never watched that was right. the tmnt i think it came out in 2009 or somewhere in there and then this one came out in 2014 that brought out the turtles it starred uh megan fox and william fickner will arnett Whoopi goldberg <laughs> and and also some giant cgi ninja turtles yeah voiced by johnny knoxville at least one of them at least one of them was voiced by uh johnny knoxville so teenage mutant ninja turtles let me give you a brief synopsis in case it's been almost a decade since you've watched it and or you've never seen it so you're not completely lost in the conversation this is what happens in tmnt 2014 michael bay's version and then we are going to dive into it spoilers 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 uh so spoilers spoilers so, all right. April O'Neil is investigating the rise of crime around New York City thanks to the Foot Clan. Upon meeting the Turtles, she remembers that her father was a scientist working on a project that potentially created the Turtles. In this version, April is the one who saved the Turtles and Splinter from a fire and released them into the sewers. And she also is the one who named them, which we'll get into here in a minute. She takes this information uh, that the Turtles are still alive to her dad's lab partner, Eric Sachs, who of course is a bad guy because he's played by William Fickner. And he in return takes this information to the shredder saying that their original plans to release a virus on New York and use the mutagen that they created, that created the turtles that runs through the turtles. Now that they're alive as an antidote can begin again. The turtles then have to stop the shredder and sacks from infecting the city in a series of large scale CGI battles. And large scale CGI battles. There are a plenty. <laughs> oh, brother. Yes, yes. Now, I, I, I think the first thing that we really need to talk about that came, was obviously a big thing with this movie was the turtles design. Mm-hmm. Everyone saw the initial design for this. And as far as I'm aware, and for far as I can recall, hated the way that the Ninja Turtles looked in this movie. How yep. do you what do you remember what you thought about it then versus now? Did, wait, I guess before you answer that, when was the first when did you see this movie? Are these the first time you watched this movie? What is your history with this movie? Um, it is not the first time I've seen this movie, but I think rewatching this now for this podcast brings my grand total up to twice. So I know I've only seen it one other time besides this. Um, it wasn't in theaters. I don't think I went because I still remember when this movie came out on DVD. And it was like a big kind of a deal and a hot DVD. I think I probably rented it on Redbox or something to watch it at mm-hmm. home. Um, so, yeah, a grand total of two. Uh, you, did you go see this in theaters? Do I you did. Remember? I, I remember going to see it in theaters. 
And uh, I, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll throw it out there now. I like this movie um, overall. Obviously, it's is what it is. But I, I enjoy this movie. So I've watched it quite a few times. It's you know been on Amazon. It's easy to just put on and have on in the background. I'm entertained by it. Um, so I've seen it a few times. I watched it honestly not too long ago, and then I watched it again this week. I but like I said, I'll put it on while I'm working. So I, I like this movie, and I've watched it quite a few times. Why? We'll talk about why, it. Why do you? Why do you like this movie? Um, okay, then I'll put it out there that I do not like this movie. <laughs> I don't, uh, for the most part. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's got some parts to me that are fun, yeah. but for the most part, I find it like just mindless. 100%. mindless popcorn transformers 100%. michael bay and i just have i have some issue with these kind of movies like especially just with michael bay it's just like transformers to me like i watched the first one and i can't watch any more of the other ones just because they i don't know man it's just it's just too much cgi too much like the plot never does doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me and i just don't get it i don't know i don't know no i 100 um, i've i've i can't tell you how many transformers <laughs> movies i've seen i feel like yeah. i've watched two and three at some point i might have watched one with mark Wahlberg. i remember nothing about them i've seen the first one a couple times for transformers i really never enjoyed them ever um, okay and i agree with you on that because especially re-watching which we'll talk into here in a few minutes out of the shadows that yeah. movie is like unwatchable um <laughs> okay re-watching that now because i saw that one in theaters as well and then watching it again now it's like oh my god this movie yeah it's uh, rough too we'll get there we'll get there. but tmnt i just um i was entertained by it it's popcorn it's fluff it's not i mean it's really not good but it has it attempts to have some heart Okay, and the I, I enjoyed the character, like the turtles. I thought they did a good job with the turtle personalities, um, where I was entertained. Michelangelo made me laugh. Um, I liked the uh, just kind of the personalities that they gave each turtle was fresh in their own way. Mm -hmm. Like they were done, they were very similar to what you expect, but they were just done where they each had their own unique personality. And um, like I said, the Japanese culture influences. I thought that they tried to pay homage to where the turtles came from and i felt like they tried to make a ninja turtles movie serious and it was entertaining but once again it's a michael bay movie so i mean it's it's garbage ultimately <laughs> right i mean i'm listen, not saying this is high art and i'm I not know, saying I know that you, this is well, like, you're basically you're basically saying you know it's not a good movie but you just like it anyway yeah, i enjoy okay. it i i can Which i can is, watch it i can watch it and i'm not i also like William Fickner is the man. So, I mean, when that dude pops up oh, with yeah. something, he just takes it to another level for me. Um, but once again, I'm aware that this is, but I can watch this now out of the shadows. Eh, I'm probably yeah. never going to watch that one again. We'll get, we'll get to that one too. But yeah, this one, I think my biggest problem is I just have the nineties turtles movies, which I hold. Yes. So yeah. dear, which I know those aren't good. Like, I mean, the first one, to me is a great movie part two i can i know is stupider than the first one but i just love it as much as the first one yeah and just to me that's like what the turtles are so that brings us back to the original question of their designs like 
that just kind of threw me off from the beginning. Like, I don't, I, they're just, to me, too much Liberty was taken there with those designs. Like they don't need to be giant hulking things that can throw a semi truck across a whatever, you know, yeah. they're not the Hulk. They're, they're Ninja Turtles. They're like the same size as us They're <laughs> That's just, it, it makes them more relatable in a way as, you know, I don't know. Um, so I had a problem with that. Obviously it's all CGI, but I can tell it's CGI too much. Like if I'm looking at some, a movie that's almost entirely CGI, that just kind of takes me out of it. I'm, I feel like I'm watching a computer game. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they even, they even made Shredder that way, a giant hulking, you know, Edward Scissorhands looking like that's not the Shredder to me. I just wanted, I don't know. It, it just kind of took me out of it. it. I felt like I was watching a Transformers movie again. Like I'm watching Megatron fight Optimus Prime instead of Turtles actually doing karate against Shredder. Um, so and and this is not to mention the performances by some of these actors megan fox I, i'm i'm not gonna like disparage her too much but she's not good <laughs> in really anything i can remember um what's the other guy's name who played Vern? will, will Arnett. Arnett. he always plays the same guy and everything but this is just like uh i don't know just kind of yeah. dialed in why so, is he in this movie yeah i don't know man it's it was kind of a slog for me to get through. Um, I don't know. That's kind of where I stand. Sorry, I'm texting. It's <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, like I said, I agree with you on all of those things. I, I don't go out of my way to watch Megan Fox movies. Um, I don't mind her, but I don't go out of my way. She doesn't bring anything to the table outside of the obvious things that she brings to the table. But um, why did the turtles have teeth? That was the weirdest. If they would have just skipped that part of the design, I think they would have looked okay. They might have. <clears throat> that's just part of the grand thing. Um, like I said, my biggest thing is just their size. They, I don't think they had to make them that big and that just that's not the turtles I'm used to. Um, well, and I, I think... Obviously, this was Michael Bayified, but I think, too, that there were a lot of things with the characters, too, that we have to remember that this was coming off of a several a new cartoons that we didn't watch. So there were a lot of these things about these characters that could be a part of that. But I don't remember any of those cartoons involving the turtles being that big or that hulking. So they definitely went the superhero route with it a little bit and made them. I, I can agree with you on that. I, I, it took a while to get used to their appearance at that. I don't necessarily mind it today. Um, yes, if they would have done a Sonic the Hedgehog and did a rework after people freaked out, probably wouldn't have been the worst thing, but they stuck to their vision. Yeah, I'm, I I agree with you a little bit there. I mean, you did mention the Turtles personalities kind of came through. I do agree with that, um, at least for some of them. I mean, Raph is always going to be Raph. He's always going to be the hard ass guy. Michelangelo was himself and. I do like that they <clears throat> kind of enhanced Donatello's nerdiness. You know, they gave him the glasses and he's using a lot of big words. Leonardo's always kind of the boring one, yeah. but uh, they kind of, <laughs> they kind of kept true with that. Um, so I'll give him definite credit for that. So but for CGI fights, like there wasn't anything that I was like, this is terrible. I mean, it's just a, it's a mindless action movie. Um so I kind of just sat through and watched it. Yeah, that down that downhill race with the semi truck was ridiculous. Yeah, dude, the whole thing is just made on a computer. I mean, 
this whole movie is just made on a computer except for scenes with megan fox so i mean you take it for what it is you kind of knew that's what it was going to be going in but that's just me hearkening back to the original turtle turtles movies that use more practical stuff and i just yeah. you know practical is always what. better yeah definitely so how do you feel about the changes to the origin that they made for this universe with this idea that april was the one who named the turtles and her father created them and she saved them and these are my pets yeah the first time she said they're my pets i was like i'm done <laughs> I, was yeah. like, I remember rolling so my eyes at that <clears throat> it's so ridiculous uh I don't know why they wanted to go down that road and do that. And she's like part of the family and she's the one who saved their lives. Like, no, that's, that's not how it happened. You're wrong. Michael Bay here. You're wrong. Um, yeah. Took some liberties with that. I mean, like I said, it is what it is. I rolled my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're going to do that. Too. Megan Fox is the hot actress of the time. So you got to get her more involved in the origin and the story to keep her kind of important but um i could have lived without it to be honest they could have just kind of left that out but they didn't so i watched it so now if you hated tmnt how did you feel about out of the shadows from two years later hated it even more (laughs) (laughs) that movie's terrible i'm sorry it's it's the worst it's a hundred percent unwatchable it it really is unwatchable. I felt like I was having like a stroke watching it. Like it, everything was so hyper and everything was all over the place. And I was like, what is happening right now? And my ADHD was all over the place. And I just felt like I was manic watching this mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, I agree, man. They, they really went for it. Big swing and a miss. Yeah, man, I agree. So let's talk about Ninja Turtles out of the shadows from 2016. In case you haven't seen it and or it's been a while. Let's uh, let's hit the highlights here. So this movie takes place one year after saving New York City. April and the Turtles discover that Baxter Stockman, played by uh, Tyler Perry, is who's who is an evil scientist. For those who don't know, is planning to break Shredder out of prison during the prison break. Casey Jones, a corrections officer, tries to stop the Shredder from escaping. But fellow inmates Rocksteady and Bebop intervene and the Shredder escapes, during which he is transported to another dimension and meets Krang who wants to invade and destroy Earth. He gives Shredder a vial of mutagen as a reward if Shredder will repair the portal Krang needs to invade Earth. The mutagen is then used to transform Bebop and Rocksteady into mutants to destroy the turtles. During this time, there is also a loose plot that the same mutagen will be able to turn the turtles into humans. But the turtles must come together with the help of their human friends to stop Krang from entering our world and destroying Earth, all while realizing that the true power is within each and every one of us. Ah. <laughs> oh, brother this movie is like balls to the wall insanity mm-hmm. almost from the beginning like they upped the ante on everything that happens like the first time you see the turtles their technology is like tripled mm-hmm. they have the giant like the end of the first movie they have like you know the turtle van this one they jumped all the way to like the the fucking turtle <laughs> dump truck <laughs> Turtle tank. The the turtle tank toy. I mean, that was straight up the toy where they would sling sewer covers at you, which it was doing. The giant nunchuck arms coming out swinging nunchucks. First time I I saw that, I was laughing because of how ridiculous it was. I was like, are you kidding me? This is, they're just selling toys. They're just trying to sell toys, man. So is this Uh, the first time you watched this movie? This is the first time I've ever seen this, yes. I, I skipped this completely. 
uh, and it's theatrical release. And when it first came to home video, whatever the case is, yeah, first time. Um, what did draw me to this movie <clears throat> originally was I thought it was cool that Rocksteady and Bebop are finally in a film, yeah. uh, which we enjoyed them as you know, the cartoon henchmen of the shredder. So it was fun to see them live action. I thought, so I thought (laughs) Um, (laughs) they are so fucking ridiculous in this too. Uh, But just, yeah, man, I'm with you. Just ridiculous from just like a ludicrous film from beginning to end. uh, Never stops, never lets up. It's so frantic and just so bounces around from shot to shot. And like, if you thought the first one was CGI heavy, like this movie is nothing but CGI just constantly. Yeah. Uh, Megan Fox and and all the other humans are barely in it. You know, they're just sprinkled in here and there. A lot of turtles. Uh, and, and their story is basically just like one we've already seen before where they're just fighting amongst each other. And is this the end of the team? Do Raphael and Leonardo ever get along? Like, yeah. will this be the end? Like we've seen it before. There was nothing original about it except like maybe they'll become human, but they were never human to begin with. So what are they going to look like as humans? You know, they, they, they were right? turtles, right? <laughs> so they want to become humans and they show their little hand, like he's becoming human, but what, you were never human ever so why do you even want to be i don't know man yeah it was a weird stretch even the idea that they were like oh all humans have their ancestor animal form inside them and this mutagen brings it out and that's how bebop and rocksteady became a warthog and a rhinoceros and you're like really and then yeah then the turtles get their hand out and they're like this will turn us do the opposite to us and make us human and you're like wait Uh, first of all, Rocksteady and Bebop are played by Seamus from WWE, which is ridiculous. And then Bebop is fucking the dad from Malcolm in the Middle, his friend with that fucking purple mohawk and glasses. <laughs> you look so ridiculous. What is this casting? Um, they recast the Shredder and his henchwoman for some reason. Uh, didn't keep the continuity going with Shredder. Like he just, it's completely different and a side character never fights the turtles. Um, I, I don't know, dude. So, so much. Crane so much. was on some kind of ecstasy. Like he was insane. I'm crying. Voiced by Robert from everybody loves Raymond turtles. Where's the turtles shredder. Uh, <laughs> he looked ridiculous. Oh man, I don't know, dude. It was like I said, it was just a. I felt like I was on drugs the entire yeah. time, just watching that movie, just trying to keep up, trying to understand what's going on. Megan Fox looked even less interested to be in this movie than she was in the first one. Uh, Stephen Amell is Casey Jones. Oh god, that and that guy, just like nothing but sarcasm from him. That's the only thing he can do. I felt bad for Laura Linney, who was like cast as the police chief because she's actually like a good actress and she's i'm sitting here i'm in the middle of watching ozark and watching her play this serious super serious role and then i just see her popping up in this just as the police chief like no idea no idea she was coming (laughs) right like why did you do this did you like oh oh michael bay a favor or something and like he had some dirt on you that's why you decided to be in this movie she's a good actress and just totally wasted and you could tell she didn't want to be in this either she knew how bad it was uh yeah dude it was rough I don't know, Nickelodeon buying the Ninja Turtles, something, something's lost to me. And maybe it's because I'm just like, these aren't for me anymore. Yeah. These are, these are aimed at children. I get it. 
but just like, man, you're going to give chill. It's like a sugar rush for kids, like a, for a kid who just, you know, ate too much candy. That's what this movie is. It's just nonstop. I, you can't, it never lets you catch your breath um, in not a good way, like just too, too frantic, man. So I love the Ninja Turtles, but just like what they've become in this movie is like, oof, I see why they never got a third one out of this franchise. 100 percent i don't think i don't think this one made the money that the first one made and yeah it just wasn't and you could tell they were setting up with this idea that crank froze shredder and was ready to uh like freeze shredder and it was going to be this whole thing for a sequel to come back but they left that wasted shredder in this movie for that yeah, he he didn't he didn't do anything. What's Shredder in this movie for? He didn't do a damn thing. The the main big fight is they wanted Krang in his Krang suit to fight the turtles, and that was just another big CGI mess of like fighting on the spinning technodrome, like a like you know that doesn't even. I just couldn't follow it. I I didn't get it. Why Shredder even want to work with Krang? Krang wants to destroy the world. Shredder's never said he wants to destroy the world. He just wants to control New York City. (laughs) Right. So all of a sudden he's like, yeah, let's blow up Earth. Wait, you're on Earth. You're a human man. Why do you want to destroy Earth? Um, There was nothing in it for Shredder. Krang's like, here's this mutagen so you can find these parts so I could blow up Earth. I don't even know why Krang wanted to destroy Earth. Nobody does. He's just an alien brain that sits in a robot stomach. No one knows. Um, yeah, and they were trying to set up a sequel too with also Tyler Perry's version of mm. Baxter the Fly. Like he'll be back. I will be remembered. No, you won't. We'll never see you again. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm totally with you. This was rough, rough, rough movie. Pretty bad. Yeah, it's it's best that this series stays where it's been since 2016, and hopefully this was the end of it. It doesn't need a re sequel. Well, the most I, what I've heard recently, not even recently, but the last I heard of a Turtles reboot is like something, a Seth Rogen project. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's something coming down the pipeline. We'll see what he does. Hopefully it's something good. Like he's proven his um, metal as like a producer, director type, like behind the scenes creator guy. And he's from our generation. He's like our age. <laughs> he probably has the same love for the Turtles. So maybe we'll get like something good out of that that our generation can appreciate because like i said this movie and even to me the first one is made for kids 100%. like the, it's the nickelodeon generation turtle yeah. fans it's not our generation of turtle fans that these movies are for which is fine like yeah. i don't expect them to make a ninja turtles movie for me i'm fucking 40 <laughs> so, so but i'm okay if someone wants to try yeah so if seth rogan wants to try i'm all for it uh in the meantime we got our turtle games coming out soon that we're going to play and turtle comics we get to read so that's where we're going to get our fix there's still plenty of ways for us to get our fix and uh we plan on doing just that because when like i said when that turtles collection comes out you and i are going to play some online uh we're going to be all we're going to be all over that all over that but make sure you guys are all over this show by liking subscribing and following it everywhere you see a podcast we're probably there like us rate us five stars helps out the show a lot so we want to thank everyone for that join the conversation over at raisedageek at gmail.com or over on twitter at raised a geek but i think that's going to do it for us this week so i hope you enjoyed everything about the uh, teenage mutant ninja turtles extravaganza part two But for Raise the Geek, I'm Chris. And I'm Don. And thanks for checking out the show. 
where geek is all we speak.